The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Hey, good morning to you. This is our conversation with the mayor. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us this morning, so if you have a question that you want to talk one-on-one with the mayor, hey, this is your opportunity. Good morning to you, Mayor. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you here today. It's that time of the year. We're getting ready to celebrate Thanksgiving and move, move into Christmas, so lots of, lots of uh, big election last night, so lots of good stuff happening. Great turnout. Yeah. You know, I was talking, to, uh, we had a meeting with uh, Mayor Carr and then also Commissioner Cush. Yesterday we were talking about trash, and, and Mike was telling us that he had gone to try to vote and that there was an hour wait, which um, that's pretty good when there's an hour wait. Oh, yeah. so. And I understand most of that wait was brought on by the long ballot of uh, the constitutional amendments. Well, actually not a long ballot, but they wanted to read all of the constitutional amendments before right. they voted on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and Alan Farley and his team do such a good job, especially with how they've moved to the, I don't want to call them mobile voting sites, but, you know, where you just don't have to be, you don't have to go to a specific precinct. You can go anywhere on the around the county and vote. So, I mean, I take advantage this year. I took advantage of early voting. I'm typically one of those those guys that I like to vote on Election Day. Um, and I, you know, it, when you run for office, everyone, one of the things everyone wants to check your voting record. And, um, I don't think I've missed an election since I was, um, old enough to vote. I mean, that's one of those things that be proud of that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, whether you agree with who you're, or, or who all's on the, the, uh, the ballot or not, it, you know, we need to go out and exercise our right to vote. I wish more people did that here on WGNS. Uh, we carried the local election, and then we followed up on the national side with yeah. C- CBS. And I was listening to that af- uh, as we were doing this, and it was interesting. In some of the states, they don't count the early votes until the next day. Yeah, you know, I was watching that. I, I, I'm last night, and my wife knows. Um, you know, there's once every two years, mm-hmm. I I sit in front of the TV. I'll sit on the back porch start a fire because you know typically it's in november uh and so i i watch all the election returns and um i don't understand like arizona right now you know they're arizona they're still counting ballots and i'm not going to get into the politics on on how different people do different things but you know there's so many states like tennessee that gets it right you know I kept checking the election results last night, and I guess it was about around nine o'clock before Rutherford County Election Commission put, started. Yeah, started you know putting them out, and and part of that people don't understand that just because that the polls close at seven, if you've got an hour wait, I mean, if people are in line, they're still going to get to vote, and so you know that takes some time to tabulate. But I mean, I can't remember a time in Tennessee that we didn't know our results the same day, and that just makes no sense to me that in today's technology age that you can't figure that out and of course here in rutherford county they are not allowed to give out the results 
until that last person in line, wherever they are. Yeah, for early votes. vote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, well, you know, I mean, on election day, they yeah, can't yeah. give them out. Well, that's that's the typically those early votes, those early early vote totals will come out, you know, pretty quick when the polls close. Oh, yeah. But but you know, if someone is still in line, they're not going to release the early vote totals, and and so Alan Farley and his team. Um, in the you know the entire election commission, I, th- I think it's pretty good that you know politics is not getting involved in making sure that people can vote and people can get their votes counted. So they do a great job. They play it by the books. They absolutely <laughs> do. Well, as we look around, uh, you you mentioned uh, the conversation with some folks that you were with came yeah. up about garbage. <laughs> that garbage is on everybody's mind here. Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't believe the other day. I, I may have sent you a picture. I was driving down uh, Memorial or Lebanon Highway, Lebanon Pike, drove past the Mount Trashmore and saw bumper-to-bumper trailer trucks going up the mountain, driving up there to dump garbage. This was inside the landfill. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't get over that, so I stopped, took some pictures of it, and talked with Joe Carr later, and he said that that's every day. Yeah, that's routine. I mean, when you've got that much trash coming in from outside, and, and you know how that affects the a local our, our local taxpayer. Um, for example, right now our trash trucks they pick up your trash. When they're full, they drive to the landfill to to dump um, their trash. Right. Well, if they're in line for two and a half hours, that means that that's two and a half hours that they're not back on the streets picking up trash. So in essence, that truck is down for two and a half hours. So that's really the discussion, you know, that we've been having. There's a cost to that, even though that our tipping and and delivery of trash is, is quote unquote free. When you've got a truck that's sitting there wasting time to be able to to tip their their trash they're not able to do their other job so there's a there's a cost of that there's an hourly cost for that truck there's an hourly cost for the the person who's operating that truck and their salary and their benefits and all of those things so that's the discussion that we've been having that you know i think the county is talking about a, a transfer station on the north we're working on a transfer station on the south end and so what you know what we really talked about is how that we can you know, partner together to be able to to uh, maybe alleviate those needs that we, you know, a transfer station is where you're basically transferring the the MSW and then you'll load it back up. And MSW? Mo- a municipal solid waste. Oh, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've learned a bunch about trash over these last many years. We, we really feel like, Bart, the city um, is really close to being able to say we've got the plan b on what's next and and a lot of that has to do with you know we, we've been working with a group out of morrison tennessee for the last couple of years now where you know solid waste is converted into uh, a biofuel that biofuel can be used to uh, fuel uh, cement kilns it can be it can be used for lots of different alternative energy but then that that fuel can also be trans um, it can be turned into uh, natural gas and so we we and and with that using some of the federal guidelines and subsidies 
we feel like we are really close to being able to, um, you know, to say this is what the, the next plan and the next step is. And, you know, Bart, I'll tell you, the county um, in the city, I mean, I think despite what has happened in the past, I, I, I couldn't tell you that there's more cooperation on this issue on working forward. And, you know, Mayor Carr and specifically Commissioner Cush have been, you know, real upfront on you know, this, this is just not a, a county issue from a standpoint of the county does have the statutory obligation to hand to handle municipal solid waste. But we're, you know, we're all in the, in the, in the same game and we want to be able to move the ball down the field. And I think we're, we're committed to doing that. Now, we're a part of the regional planning, solid waste planning group, uh, which I think is four counties. Uh, yeah. And only two of those counties are actually dumping in rutherford county yeah i mean there's really one rutherford county that solely uses um you know uses middle point um cannon county does some but coffee and warren county um take their trash elsewhere and you know i think part of the regional solution um i, I think those counties have have been steadfast they've been steadfast on on like the the new landfill that that republic is you know is is has proposed and i think we've put forward you know why that would be why that new landfill would be disastrous to you know the community um so i mean i think those they've been lockstep but I, i do think that you know moving forward those discussions it's more of a rutherford county discussion because you know, seventy some odd percent of the trash that's coming into to the landfill is it's all trash from other places. I mean, predominantly Davidson County, and you know, Davidson County. Uh, I've had some good conversations with Mayor Cooper. Um, that to them, it doesn't matter. I mean, they have a contract with with Republic and Waste Management or Republic, and their contract is just that Republic will take their trash, so they don't care where it goes. Um, I mean, bring it to Middle Tennessee, take it to Camden, take it to to wherever. Um, and that, that's, I think, it, the regional solution, we're hoping to lead that regional solution. And I think that's what the city and the council has been steadfast on trying to trying to fix this is- issue. And, you know, Austin and Jamie, Austin Maxwell and Jamie Averwater have come on. You know, they realize how big of an issue this is. Uh, so, I mean, it's something that, that we feel really confident that we're we're heading in the right direction. Now, with this uh, regional planning group, they have passed a, a, a movement saying that uh, if 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 they have this power, that starting January first, only solid waste from their counties would be received from those four counties. Sure, uh, which would eliminate about seventy-five percent of the garbage coming in. Do you think that that will work? Will that uh, will that hold off uh, Republic services? I mean, hypothetically, if seventy percent of the trash went away, I mean, what? what I don't know what the, the, the useful life out at at a, out at Middle Point jumps around like watching the the returns last night. They're all over the place, and so we don't know what the useful life truly of that landfill is. I mean, there's speculation that it could be less than two and a half years. Um, but if you take 75% out of it. Yeah. Or, I mean, from, you know, you take 75% out, there's, 
there still has to be um, yes, but the, but here's the other thing, and I think we're trying to 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 figure out what that um, what that next step is because the seventy five percent or seventy percent that's coming into Middle Point right now they're paying customers, right? I mean they they are paying to take their trash there. The twenty three or twenty five percent of Rutherford County trash by our agreement we have with them we don't pay to take our trash there so their middle point is not going to in in my opinion i'm so i'm this is my opinion i'm not speaking for anyone else the business model doesn't work out for middle point to keep that landfill open and not charge rutherford county and murfreesboro to take their trash there so there's going to have to be some kind of renegotiation of what we're going to pay to take our trash there because they're not going to keep a landfill open operating a landfill and not have any income come in so i mean i think from our standpoint we want to see and we feel like that there are other options to be able to take our trash there um besides just burying the the trash and so i think that's where you know based on our trash it, it all is about the economies of scale of how much it's going to cost and we really think that you know based on what our study is we've got a pretty good solution that could be comparable to landfilling. Now, there's always going to be a, an amount, like even with the waste away process, there's a 10% what I, diversion rate. Diversion rate's a big word, to, or a, diversion rate's a, a, just a thing that basically says we can handle 90% using a waste of energy, but 10% of it we can't handle. So that 10%'s got to go somewhere, and, and that means it's got to be buried in a landfill. So I think that's where... Um, you know we're we're trying to to make sure that what's next and uh, you know republic made an announcement that they're looking at um you know reusable natural gas at rng facility and and if you look at waste management you look at republic you look at all of these larger companies they are all looking at what's next that you know it landfilling in the future is significantly changing because putting trash in the ground and all of the stuff that comes with that, not just immediately, but what happens 20, 30 years down the, the, the road. Um, there's some, there's some, some extremely detrimental actions and, and detrimental consequences for, for those, um, for those actions. Now this company in Morrison, Tennessee, which is just outside of McMinnville, uh, what what is it that they offer that uh, has everyone excited? Yeah, so what happens is they take municipal solid waste, they have a process to where that solid waste is is dumped at the at this facility. That solid what that that waste is I'm, I'm going to go through just a quick overview of the process. That that you have a, a loader that takes that, it drops it in a, a sorter, it sorts it, it goes through a process on some conveyor belts, you know, your recyclables are pulled out, there's some things that, that can't be processed, and then when it goes all the way to the end, it is, it's turned into um, these pellets, and these pellets are, are a, a fuel source. So these pellets, I mean, it's, or fluff, what, whichever the, the product that comes out, that material can then be used as a coal substitute and they have an EPA or a clean EPA letter from 2019 COVID slowed a lot of that down but what um, our our uh, one of our assistant city managers Darren Gore who's also 
really overseas, solid waste, all of our utilities. You know, Darren went to a place in Chattanooga, uh, a, a cement kiln. They took that material and they did a test burn. And that test burn performed very well compared to coal. And it's carbon neutral. It's it's more environmentally friendly. And, and so they can they can use that. And they get credit for not burning coal, which is not good for the environment compared to this. So in turn, we take our municipal solid waste, we turn that into a fuel uh, source, and it's a win-win for everyone. Now is, is TVA interested in this? I mean, they have the electric yeah, generating We've facilities. had multiple conversations with TVA. You know, TVA has, uh, I think, four uh, four burners in um, in Gallatin. So, I mean, I think that the federal government, that's a slow process. And, you know, the other thing, too, Bart, is in the world we live in, the coal lobby is lobbying just as hard for them to be using coal as opposed to us being lobbying to hey, use this, this biosource. So then you, you, you couple that with there's a new process to where um, this fuel can also be put into an anaerobic digester and natural gas comes out. And so that adds another level. So, I mean, I think there's some there, – being diligent and really working hard on this, although people don't see all the stuff happening behind the scenes, I think there's really some, some good stuff that's getting ready to come on, come on board. Some exciting times ahead, it sounds like. We're going to pause for just a moment. When we come back, we have several questions to pass along. If you want to text us a message, the phone number to call to text it, 615-893-1450, if you want to talk with the mayor. That same number, 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. I happened to glance up, and the clear sky was gone. Coast to coast, all night, every night. All I could see was something round and black. On WGNS AM, FM, online. My grandmother and Ms. Adams were best friends. I mean, she said, maybe you need to come to Adams' place. You'd love it. We're talking with Betty Kirksey. They go above and beyond of what their job is. I wish Miss Adams was still living so I could tell her, you were right, it is where I should be, and it's very nice. <laughs> I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. Schedule online, anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthCare.com. This is Charlie Pitts, Murfreesboro Singing Barber. I want to start this thing off by getting everyone that's got a business to lower the prices. Come on over to my shop. I'll give you $5 off all the services that we got. We need to do all we can to get the prices down for each other. And everybody all over has got real high prices, and we need to lower them. Come on over to my shop. I'll give you $5 off all the services that we got. I'm Charlie Pitts Barber. I'm at 2528 Las Casas Pike. Here's a question. What do you want from your electric co-op? Fast response if the power goes out. An app that keeps me informed. 
tips to lower my monthly bill. Communication on things that matter to me. Done, 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 done. I want to know everything. Everything? Well, young lady, let me show you the MyMTE app. Energy Service Life. That's Middle Tennessee Electric. We're here to get done what matters most to you. Learn more at mte.com. Join me, America's career coach, Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. Good morning. Still some heavy traffic volume out here in a couple of spots. 24, of course, is busy westbound and through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville, coming through Antioch. Also, it got a little bit busy earlier on 840 over around Elmaville Road. That's 840 going westbound. Lots of radar. THP units scattered all up and down 840 this morning. Allow yourself some extra time. For customized Tennessee hoodies, shirts, check out RockyTopTNShirts.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the mid-70s. South winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 45. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 49. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Welcome back. We are broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios, MTE, powering our 328-foot tower in downtown Murfreesboro, MTE, serving to make life better since 1936. Welcome back. Our number is 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us this morning. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS with the mayor. How are you today? Oh, nice to talk with you. Yeah, I hung up a few minutes ago because I thought, well, he's speaking that sort of route. But I I wanted to say maybe with all the trucks lined up for the landfill, that is the scheduling, somewhat of a scheduling problem. Yeah, I mean, that's a good... um, So here's the issue... It's a private landfill, <laughs> so it's hard for us to be able to to work on their scheduling because we just don't have any control over it. Now, I know Bishop um, Wagner and Darren Gore have, you know, they have a good relationship with with Mike Klassen, who's the general manager at the landfill. Um, it's it's a little harder for the city because you know we do have some significant legal issues that we're we're fighting through with with middle point now more on the you know the environmental side but uh, you know i i think any time that you have the amount of trash that's coming in outside of county um it's a for-profit business i mean that that landfill is it's for profit and they're going to try to get i don't i'm not involved in running the landfill but I think the past has has past actions have shown when you drive by there, Bart, like you you have Bart, and there's trucks lined up all the way to Jefferson Pike. I mean, they're trying to get as much trash in that landfill as they possibly can. Um, but I mean, that's that's not a that's not an unreasonable request. And I, I wish they had just a direct road for the city of Murfreesboro and Rutherford County, and we could um, you know we could just not have to wait in line at all. 
And the frightening thing, and you brought it up just a minute ago, which I had not thought of, if this uh, legislation is actually enacted and works uh, and they are not able to bring in any additional garbage other than the four counties in the region, they're not going to have enough to to operate. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you're taking all the paying customers. Now, I mean, the, the other four counties, so or the other three counties, so Coffee, Warren, and Cannon, you know, they don't have the agreement that they're not paying. Uh, but, I mean, it's just common sense that if all of their paying customers go away, which are outside of Rutherford County, there's going to have to be some discussions with, with Republic that we're going to have to start paying. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. So, I mean, I, I applaud the board for trying to limit the amount of outside trash, but there is going to be a cost that comes with that. No business is going to stay open when they don't have any paying customers. And if you're too, you know, we, we generate roughly 50,000 tons a year. The county generates through residential 50,000 tons a year. You know, I think the number that Mayor Carr had had alluded to us is there's roughly counting municipal solid waste, just residential. There's about two hundred and some odd thousand tons, two hundred seventy thousand tons in the the entire county. But a lot of that's commercial or or stuff that we don't pick up. So, you know, the hundred thousand tons that Murfreesboro and Rutherford County, including the schools, comes through the convenience centers. You know that that needs to go somewhere. And if you've got a hundred thousand tons that is not paying they're not going to take they're not going to receive our trash process it bury it cover it do all the stuff they have to do when there's no cost i mean there's no money coming in now if they are unable to make a profit and so they just stop doing business can the county or city take it over no we don't want that landfill i mean no I mean, I, I, I'm just speaking for me. I can't speak for the county, but I've in in the years of doing this, I don't think the county or the city, under any circumstance, has because the county used to do that. They, well, they? the county has their old county landfill that they're now, you know, it's in post closure now that they're having to deal with the issues with with that landfill. But you know, I, I'm not going to go into the legal side of what we're dealing with 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 Middle Point from you know our our federal lawsuit. But I, there's no way I think the city would want the liability of what's what's going on out there. I think we're we're moving to what I think is is next and in, in other other things. And here's a question uh, from a listener about uh, are there any financial incentives for starting recycling businesses throughout the county? Yeah, it's a great question. I think if you go through and you do your research on what's called single stream recycling and that's what I do at my house i mean you know you put all of your put all of your recycling into one bin and then they the the company you use they um they end up um they end up sorting that and they do what they do with it we really feel like with our our waste away um, our our waste away issue and our waste away product that we can use that is recycling because those recycled materials automatically go into the the SP three fuel. Um, so that's a whole lot easier than you know trying to educate our residents on what can be recycled, what can't be recycled. 
what happens if the recycling is contaminated. Um, you know, Mac Nolan, when Mac was the the solid waste director at Rutherford County, Mac had told us when we were going through the study the study process that all the recycling that is at the county convenience centers right now that about 90 percent of that ends up going to the landfill right now because it's a lot of the recycling is contaminated which means you know someone's throwing away pizza boxes that have grease in them or someone's throwing away you know milk that has other things you know so there's there's a contamination factor so i think the 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 text message is right yes there is a financial benefit to do that i think recycling is going to be a big part but if we can have a solution that covers recycling along with municipal solid waste i think that's that's a win-win for everyone totally different direction here uh tell us more about uh, plans for affordable housing yeah i mean that's one of the biggest things bart that we're dealing with as a as a community and you know what's what's affordable to one is is, we all have different perspectives on what's affordable right you know my coffee creamer that i buy that used to be two dollars and 25 cents for a quart is now five dollars a quart um so the the issue that we have right now any new construction is extremely hard to be affordable i mean by the time that you figure land cost and you figure development cost and you figure construction cost i mean you are hard pressed in the city of murfreesboro to build anything under four hundred thousand dollars i mean it's it's almost impossible and that's just i'm even if we even if we got rid of all the restrictions in the city of murfreesboro it would still be almost impossible to build something under four hundred thousand dollars so i think when you talk about affordability and I'm not going to get into politics, but there's a lot more to affordability than than just saying, hey, we want to provide afford- affordable environment. You know, when lumber is at almost all-time highs, you're paying more for everything that it costs to build a house or a townhome. It's, it's a extremely tough situation right now. So I think... You know, we're already seeing it, I think, from an economy, uh, economy stand, standpoint. Um, y- you know, we're we're trying to figure out where the economy is going to be. And Sam Huddleston, you know, just texted me that um, the, the ARPA funds, the American Rescue Funds, designated a million bucks for affordable uh, community development projects. And so that's what we've been able to try to help with is, you know, people who are in certain areas in the community that they can apply for those funds to do renovations or to be able to you know help with habitat you know so those are some of the things that we're trying to work through to to help with that process here's another area and uh this one is uh right along with the affordable housing the uh, er- the area right behind oakland's mansion that mm-hmm. that whole area is being redeveloped yeah, yeah that's uh the murfreesboro housing authority and even though you know, I, the mayor and the council appoint people to serve on that board, but that's actually an independent functioning organization. So they're not, um, they're, they're the Murfreesboro Housing Authority, but they really are not part of the city of Murfreesboro. Uh, and so they made the decision and, and you know, the council, uh, they came through and had to do a rezoning request and the council approved that, that, you know, back in the 50s when a lot of those, products for example what was on mercury and what was on at oakland mansion they were built 
you know, they were basically one-story block structures like what was over on Bridge Avenue. And, you know, truly what y you would you would say, I don't want to use the, they were just not, no windows. You know, you had a front door and a window. And so, I mean, they were just not desirable or, or really good good product for people to live in. And so what the Murfreesboro Housing Authority has done is to be able to revitalize that and still f provide the same opportunity and the same product, but to make that to where it, it fits in and, and everyone has the opportunity to stay there. So they're doing a great job of that. They're moving to Mercury Boulevard next, or uh, Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Drive next uh, over by Patterson Park. And I mean, I'm fully supportive with Murfreesboro Housing Authority and what they're you know, they're trying to do Murfreesboro Housing Authority runs Westbrook Towers. Uh, they're on a waiting list at, at Westbrook. So, you know, I think um, there's definitely a demand in the, in the community for that. Now, are people buying these houses or? Is no, they're, they're rentals. Rentals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we have another question. This one's dealing with the Borough Pride event. Yep. And then the letter that city manager Craig Tyndall wrote. Uh, fill us in a little on that. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of discussion on that. We had a lot of people who came to council, um, you know, came to council on last Thursday night and spoke at the public comment section. And Bart, I think as a mayor, and I'll, I'll tell you what I've been sending to, to most everyone, you know, we have a responsibility in our community to provide um, a venue for people to assemble. That's their constitutional right. You know, so whether that's Borough Pride or whether it's whatever group, you know, that's that's what the government does. We we can't pick or choose who we want to use our organization or use our facilities. But that doesn't mean that you can just do whatever you want to at those facilities without abiding by the rules and consequence or rules and 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 guidelines that we have. And so I would say that you know, I, for some reason i think whether on whatever political side you're on whatever political spectrum you're on there has to be common sense and so i think it makes sense that you can have a great festival you can have a great event but there if there's a part of that event where our parks and recreation facilities routinely have children in those in those parks and recreation facilities there there's a there's a line that has to be drawn and you know i don't think the council is saying that we disagree or that we don't want any organization borough pride to be able to assemble and that's their right to do that but you know when you've got someone on stage spreading their legs and rubbing their genitals and you've got kids there then i think it's common sense that's not appropriate at a parks and recreation facility and that's not condemning the lgbtq community that's not condemning you know it's my job as as mayor of murfreesboro to represent everyone I, I mean if i only represented the people that that i agree with then we'd have a that just that's not what we're elected to do but at the same time i think both groups have to agree let's just use common sense and if you want to have a that type of of show then if you can't make it family friendly, which is what you build the event to be, then, hey, go find a piece of private property and do it there. And so that's what this whole thing has has 
the discussions has been. I can't speak for the entire council. I, I mean, I feel confident on where everyone is that, you know, our job as, as city representatives is to represent everyone. I mean, look, when we pick your trash up, we don't ask if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican or if you're a Libertarian. I mean, we just pick your trash up. But at the same at the same time, I mean, we have to use common sense. And, you know, Bart, I, I, I'll tell you this. I mean, like, I, I think it makes sense to me that a six-year-old should not be able to to pull a book on transgender identity in the library. I think it's okay. Of course, parents need to have those resources if that's what they need. But, you know, your six-year-old granddaughter or my six-year-old son, they don't have the mental acumen to be able to determine what they're pulling. And so there's some parental guidance that has to be on there. Look, we can't legislate being a crappy parent. If that were the case... I have failed multiple times because there's times where I wish I could go back and, and I could do things different, specifically with my 18-year-olds now. I mean, I joke with Ashley that my 10-year-old is getting the best dad from a standpoint of wisdom that I know what I did wrong with my 19-year-olds. He's getting the worst physical part of me because I'm older. But I, I think as a community, we have to use common sense, and I think that's where uh, hopefully, you know, wading through all this political stuff um, that you can we can do that. Now, you talked about those books being available to the young people, the, um, the really young people. Uh, there was a, a law that was quoted for Wilson County in their public schools yeah. that once the book is in there, you can't take it out. Do we have that same it, thing with the your public, public library? Your public libraries are are under a different set of standards than your school libraries so and, and don't get me wrong i mean i think our our public libraries are are assets um you know as we move forward i think we've tried as a city the, the public libraries and this is just my opinion i'm not speaking for anyone else you know I'm, I'm holding up a phone now you can't see that through your your radio waves but you know we read on our phones now um and so we've got to be make sure that we're more accessible to be able to you know, to handle those things. I think we've dealt with specific issues at the library where, especially during during COVID, you, you know, our, our and that's another discussion that you get into on our homeless population that, you know, how you make sure that you're providing services to your general public and you're, you're working with your, your homeless population as well. But, I, you know, I think, again, I think it's just common sense. And so on both sides of the political spe- spectrum, everyone digs their heels in depending upon which side you're on, when I, th- I truly think that most people can get together and say, hey, this makes common sense, folks. I mean, let's l- let's sit and let's talk through these things, but it, it just seems like that whether it's the far left or the far right, they hijack the common sense that most people, you know, most people, Bart, they have emailed me, and I've emailed back and said, look, we don't have anything against Borough Pride. That's not, that's not my role to say they can't assemble but here's the issues that i think the city has with about three or four minutes of that the videos that were sent in that um that event and most everyone that has emailed me has said yeah that makes common sense let's 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 don't punish the entire organization for what a few people did and so we'll we'll see where it goes. So next year we can expect a cleaner one or I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's going to be up to um, 
you know that that is now at the administration level i think that's going to be up to the the group that puts on to that that event to um to be able to have that discussion with the city administration and you know the council we're not involved in in those discussions i mean like bart we we don't approve special use permits i mean that's not what the council does we approve beer permits for those events um but that's not what the that's not what the council does the council you know in bart i've gotten a bunch of emails where people have compared that group gathering to the white lives rally that came in in 2017 or 2018 and that argument is moronic i mean if anyone that is arguing and comparing this event to that group that came, there were so many things that were going on during that time with that with what had happened in Charlottesville, and in the group that's emailing me. I mean, do you really think that we wanted that group to come in? No, I mean, I, I didn't. I had received multiple threats when that group personal threats because I was saying, look, you're not welcome here. You have the right to come here, but you're not representative of our community. We're a diverse community, and the the hate that you're spewing out is not reflective of of our community. And when you go back and look at how the community came together, whether it was through all these different groups, I mean, I'm proud of how our community handled that that group. I mean, that was not – that was a tough time. And and so you lose me when you start comparing an event like this and, and someone was, you know, someone people will email and say, well, you know, you let it shows your true intentions when you're letting a white lives rally group come in that, you know, calling personally that we're bigots or that we're uh, it makes no sense. And and I think anyone who is involved in that, again, it's just common sense. Our phone number, 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is our guest, and we're focusing on Murfreesboro. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. The sunrise puffs up above the horizon. So glad to see you today. I'm Amy Watson. And I'm Ben Hill. Welcome to News Channel 5 this morning. Time to fill your day with something more than a routine. This is Sky 5 Live as uh, every day there's a brand new skyscraper <laughs> going up. This is where we connect. Come on, y'all. We are alive. We are well. We- Laugh. <laughs> See the beauty of the morning. When you look out this morning in that sunrise, you get the prettiest picture. Uh, news Channel 5 helps you out the door. Traffic anchor Rebecca Schleicher joins us now with the latest. The good news is there are pretty easy alternate routes. With something more than news, weather, and traffic. News Channel 5's Nick Barris is in our Good News Alert Center this morning. <laughs> Take a good look girl. right there at this dark. Right? Yes. It's something to lift your spirits. Wow. If that doesn't get you going, then we need to have a chit-chat. Ben, Amy, Leland, Nikki D, Rebecca, and Nick. We are here to get you yeah. revved up. Going. A better day. Wednesday it is day. Starts this morning. News Channel 5 this morning. 
Guys, if you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for $155 a month or covered by most health insurance. So if you don't live near a Low T Center or you're just busy and need the convenience of at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy and to get started, only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high in the mid-70s. South winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 45. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 49. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The Action Line with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings at 810. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford place to talk. Welcome back. We are in the final segment now of our focus on Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us this morning. And we have not touched on the downtown redevelopment. Uh, yeah. What's happening? Exciting times here. It is. I think they're they're getting started. I, I was, I mean, just, I'm going to full disclosure, I've been pretty frustrated that we've not seen, you know, stuff happening on on the one college um site but you know we've we've been told that they're getting ready to start um and then now you know we we had a lot of discussion on the um the downtown development where we're sitting here now you know that was presented to us the other day so there's some pretty cool stuff happening downtown i'm i'm excited i think everyone right now bart is really apprehensive to see what's going to happen with the economy you know interest rates now if you're if you're if you're dealing in any type of commercial loan activity or construction activity, our, our interest rates are at 8%, you know, 7 to 8%. And so that really changes um, the dynamics of any type of project that you're doing. So we're, we're going to have to really see what, what, what happens, you know, after the election and see what the, the Fed does. And that's going to really determine, and, and I mean, that's going to drive on where some of these projects um whether you know they start or they don't start i think we forget that so many of the people are so young these days that are involved in this they don't recall that uh, the going average rate which people considered good was around six percent yeah and uh, i mean bart I, I, <laughs> I, I was looking I, I get up early and so i'm you know as i'm paying bills or doing whatever i was looking uh i mean my mortgage rate's 2.65 percent and I mean, I just look at it and I'm like, you know, shake my head, uh, thinking that now, you know, it's almost quadruple uh, right now. The mortgage rate's quadruple what mine mine is, or at least, you know, triple. So, well, think about it. Uh, I remember at one point my mortgage rate was 18 uh, percent. Yeah, <laughs> I got rid of that one as yeah, quickly as I, I, I could. I don't blame you. <laughs> 
Wow. Well, we're coming toward the end of the program. Any any other areas that we have neglected to touch on this morning that you really want to get out? To no, I mean we've we're our um, today we are we have our actual uh, workshop today, and so we've got several different discussions. The, the you know our main discussion today is we're um, hopefully going to adopt a new public safety pay plan um, where. We went through and we looked at our sworn positions for fire uh, specifically and then and then police. And, you know, I think you're going to see quite a few of our public safety or well, all of our public safety providers um, that are in that pay plan will get a, a, a significant increase today if the council votes on that. Um, you know, I think it's going to be it's inherent on us moving forward that it's getting tougher and tougher to hire, you know, specifically police positions. I think we're 30 some odd officers down right now that we need to hire. You know, when I talk to my friends, my other mayor friends, everyone's dealing with the same thing. I mean, everyone's recruiting from a very small pool, but it's going to be, um, you know, I, I was talking to chief Bowen last night. Chief said, you know, it was going to be my goal before I, I left here that, you know, police officers were going to be making in the in the 50s starting out. I mean, we're at 54 right now, and that's not even looking at where our um, our new plan is going to be. So, you know, Bart, for us to have the best and the brightest, and that's not just at police and fire. That's across the board. You've got to be able to pay people now, and that's that's something that we're going to have to continue to work on. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. See you next month, Bart. Thanks for joining Happy us. Happy Thanksgiving. Today. You all have a great day. See you tomorrow.